Thanks to everyone who supported the show this week via Patreon, including Mick Cowans, Ian Mercer, Alistair Harding, Ian Wilkinson, Matt Lacey, Illico Elia, Roland Roberts, and Jamie Holland. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so from $1 per episode. Go to 361podcast.com forward slash support. There we go. Recording. <coughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome back, Mark. Hello, it's us. Bad news. <laughs> Mark, I can't even begin to tell you what I'm looking at. It's like the world's worst TikTok scroll on Zoom in front of me. I mean, I've got to be honest, Mark, we've let ourselves go a bit. Ewan's executive hair is what? unfortunately highlighted by a spotlight at the moment. Hey, look, there you go. It's fine. But it's gone to a very distinguished looking colour. It's even more grey now. Thank you. Ben's just got a lot of it. And I look like I've been dragged through a hedgerow backwards, mostly because I have. Right. I don't know how to break it to you. It's not a strong look, mate. No, it's really not a strong look. <laughs> Coming from you, I'm not sure what to say about that. I'm only really like a volleyball with a face painted on it, away from that, looking like I've washed up on a beach. <laughs> oh, should I tell you a joke? Um, no, it's not now. It's not now. That's at the end. <laughs> it doesn't really matter when. I mean, they're always bad. <laughs> Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile technology and the world around it. My name's Ben Smith. I'm Ewan McLeod. And I'm Rafe Blanford. This is season 20, episode one, and as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary, we're talking about Clubhouse and the rise of audio social networks. Gents, how are you doing? Very well, thank you, Ben. It's great to be back. Hello, Rafe Blanford. Live from London, you've had an extended period down in the Blanford Manor, but you're back in London. And also coming to us live from, I don't know, somewhere over there, you're McLeod. Muscat Oman. Muscat Oman. Is where I'm live from. Yes. Hello. I, I lose track. You move around a lot. Every time we have a break in seasons, you've got some new job and you live somewhere else. Different country. Yes. No, no, hello. Hello from Muscat. I'm loving it. It's very nice. Getting a bit warmer, though. It's getting a bit warmer. Absolutely. I mean, isn't it always warm there? Uh, it's always warm, and which is yeah, absolutely delightful. But it is getting warmer at the minute, and then it'll start getting warm, warm less, um, or cooler, as, as, as we might say. <laughs> Glad to see our weather forecast value-added content is on form as ever. <laughs> there you go. Uh, how are you, Ben? I'm good, actually. Uh, my, my calendar has just popped up to say that as we record this, so we're, we're recording this on the 13th of April. Goodness knows when mm. it will go out because I haven't planned that properly with uh, mm. with Mark Editor. Hello, Mark. Sorry. Hello, Mark. Hey, Mark. But in a week's time, it's going to be the anniversary of our first ever 361 recording. And Really? Uh, I was just scrabbling to see how old the show was because I couldn't remember. And uh, it's probably should have planned this in the extended conversation that we had off air just prior to starting. But uh, yes, yeah, it's near the anniversary time. What you can, it must be on the website. Let's have a look. So when was the first one? 10 years. 10 years. Really? First recording was on the 21st of yeah. April 2011. So we will have been doing this nonsense for 10 years. That is cool. Well, That's uh, really cool. very cool, isn't it? It's not the immediate word that sprang to mind, to be honest. <laughs> no? I was just trying to think of what I could have done more productively in the last 10 years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Raised a child, started a business, <laughs> had more family time, volunteered. You haven't aged a day, either of you. Yeah, I know. It's only like an hour recording every three weeks, Ben. Yeah. You know, you can get a lot done in that time, but... It's true. You know, 
you wouldn't have had so much fun and you wouldn't have got to talk to you in a night. Oh, yeah, okay, I can see your point. It could have been more productively spent. <laughs> we'll celebrate the 10-year anniversary properly later on in the season. We need a big cake. Mm, cake. Can we get a big cake made? Absolutely. I'm all for big cake. And since we're still not really going out very much at the moment, uh, any cause for celebration would be great. Red velvet, I think. I remember, uh, Rafe, when Ewan and I used to work together in the same office, Ewan would go out and buy a birthday cake because he wanted to have some cake and then come back in and retrospectively find someone whose birthday needs celebrating you know, soon. And they're like, congratulations, we're all having cake. Really, if it's a lady at M&S, I like the Marks and Spencer's cakes, a lady at M&S in Islington got to know me. Oh, another birthday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Karen, just, just pay for it, come on. Because <laughs> just, just, people kept saying, well, oh, oh, whose birthday is it? And I said, no, no, it's just a, it's a cake. <laughs> just one cake. <laughs> we'll work those details out later. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. See. Mm. I bought a knife, um, a, a special cake knife from, from there. I had to keep that very carefully, you know, hidden mm. in the financial services. That security loved that. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was not, not that ideal, but it is for cake. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't hurt you. It's only for cake. <laughs> it's all right. It's for cake. <laughs> and now you just need to download Cakearoo. Oh, well, yeah. I would love to have cake on delivery, but it's probably good news that it's not. it doesn't deliver out this far away from London where I live because, oh, it wouldn't be good for the waistline. Anyways, yes, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. To be honest, we are just exiting lockdown. As we record this, we're just exiting lockdown in the UK and we've just had our next round of easing. So you can now I think you can meet six people outside in half a park or three people in a whole park. You can't meet people inside, but you can two households or two households and a friend, as long as that friend hasn't met anybody in the previous five days. Or There's rules. It's quite complicated, isn't it? It is. I mean, I suppose people's lives are complicated. You sound a bit more upbeat, though, you guys. To be honest, it's just the prospect of talking to an adult human who I'm not married to or work with. <laughs> That's a surprisingly physically, small group physically. of humans. Yeah, so yeah. it's been it's nice to see you both. But yeah. Human, I'll give you adult. We're working on it. Mm. True. Yeah, so no, we're doing all right. I started off, I think, last season really enjoying the idea of, oh, I'm going to make my home office nice and it was going to be interesting. Mm. And I'm sick of being in this bloody yeah. space now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out and about a bit. But, you know, we're doing all right. Vaccines are rolling out. There's a prospect of getting one one day. So, you know. It's not all bad news. When do old people like you get the uh, vaccine? Wow. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I thought he was doing a joke. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it's a genuine question. Sorry. Right, go on. Whippersnapper Reef. We really need to give him a flag to wave or something, just so we can tell. <laughs> Good, man. Today, again, as we record this, I think um, over 45s are getting their vaccines. So not quite yet. Not quite yet. I'm still a spring chicken, but soon. Mm. Soon. And some way off for you, Rafe, because you're only 12, but you know. <laughs> I don't think they've certified the vaccines for, uh, for children yet, have they? Yeah. Just, just, just be patient, Ray. Patient. Mm-hmm. Patient for many things. Now, look, the other day, I got the pop-up reminder and I said to, to Hetty, oh, look, we're meant to be getting on the plane. She says, what? And that was a, it was a reminder for our skiing trip. Yes. To the Alps. It's very sad. That we booked this time last year, before COVID, I think, we booked it, being very efficient. It was somewhat annoying watching the um, the various different flights that I had booked, and they, they, they were pay you know, no no refund, you know, flights. Um, this is watching the various different Google alerts pop up, and you know, and, and the delays and so on, and, and it's been cancelled. Ah, dear. Are you planning any trips away? We were also burnt, so I think technically in my diary we just got back from a week's end of season skiing oh, in lovely. Europe. How was it? It was, it was <laughs> surprisingly quiet. I don't know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Fortunately, we did get our money back because the rules around leisure travel outside the UK mean that 
you can't travel. And so, you know, insurance right. and everything kicked in and, and refunded. But um, yeah, it has been disappointing to miss out on all those things, particularly uh, having missed family and friends for so long and then to not go and mm. see them all on the fun stuff has uh, been a shame. But we've got travel booked in October to go and see family. And that's more out of a need for some hope than any genuine sense that we'll likely be traveling. You know, it just right. needs something right. to hang on to. And so we've booked some travel, but that's just to Republic of Ireland, which hopefully will be easier for us to travel to. And uh, that'll be with family again as well. So that makes mm. the whole travel experience easier because we'll know are people vaccinated and testing mm. and you know, it's, it's easier just to sort of keep ourselves to ourselves. And what about Muscat? When are you doing the Muscat trip? Well, Rafe and I have talked about this and I think it'd be great to do a, a, an episode or two live from Muscat as soon as it's permitted. But uh, mm. I think at the moment, uh, leisure travel in the UK isn't permitted and we haven't had a date uh-huh. yet when it will be allowed. So uh, we're still waiting. But this is not leisure. This is business. This is, this is very, very important business stuff, isn't it? You know, because if we started the podcast on a beach, it would be nice 10 years later. We should end it, end it in the water. <laughs> so, no, no, no. No, to to mark, mark that, to celebrate it in this year. We should return right? to Cannes, should we? Um, I'll take you out to the beach, which is just about 100 metres, or 50 metres this way. We can record with a, you know, water and... Because that you had that on the uh, on the first episode, which I have listened to recently, very good, yeah. very good. No, it was great fun. I mean, for those who've joined us since 2011, and uh, based on the listenership numbers, none of you have. You've all be either been here from the start and stuck it out, or <laughs> no, I, I kid. Actually, there's a it's it's bumped up and down over the years. But for those who didn't join us back in 2011, we were all writing for respective publications. You and I think I was actually writing for one of your blogs at the oh, time. Yeah. But we were all in Cannes to cover a media event where Nokia had some, some stuff going on in the sidebar back yeah. when Nokia was a powerhouse and Rafe Blanford moved in thing. those circles. Yeah. And so we, we did a panel, didn't we? And we did some coverage. That was great fun. And then yes. we did our first ever podcast recording on the beach and the beach bar in Cannes, just by the waterside next to the main venue. I've still got a photo, I think, of you bending down over waves, trying yeah. to not get your shoes wet trying to record the sound of the waves i was in my smart gear for the panel yes. i think that we'd done earlier in the day yet running up and down the beach in sand trying to capture the the sound i don't know why we felt it was so important to have outdoor noise but we did so yeah if you've if you've joined us since then that's the backstory we'll we'll go back to that later on yeah anyways we should very quickly talk about things that have happened since we last recorded yeah. because as ever we finished up over christmas and uh, said we'll be back in the new year and then life got in the way and lockdown got in the way and um, q1 got in the way well, Q1, I mean, Rafe Lanford, joking aside, Rafe Lanford, you were down in the manor, weren't you? So away from your equipment, as it were, and your microphone. Um, and so does that make much difference? It still sounds like some scratching, you know. It's not buttery smooth, is he? To be fair, Rafe has bought another microphone, but we've not yet commissioned it for use. He's not using it, though. What's the point? Well, it's not yet appropriate for use. We need to uh, have my... Say something, Rafe. We can't hear you very well. You're on mute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's just looking at us. It's a silent look of disdain doesn't work well on an audio-only podcast. Oh, I just love the buttery smooth, Rafe, buttery smooth. You should be like me. I don't know why you haven't got the right kit. So anyway, we have been very lax in coming back. So we are several months Can't hear him. slower coming back than we planned. But there again, I feel like I say that every year as we return from the seasons. Mm. But let's just recap. We're rocking now, though. Yeah, go on. You, McLeod, tell me something exciting or interesting that you've done in your time since we last spoke before we get onto the main subject of today's podcast. Right, well, what I, I have done is I've taken your advice and I've used your service. My service? 
Uh, your service, it's your service, isn't it? Right. Um, you made it on your own. Oh, um, right. But the... I wasn't following the what you were talking about. Right. For listeners who don't know, explain. Right. So Archie, our ten-year-old, his passport is about to expire, and we are being organised, as advised by our personal passport expert, Mister <laughs> Mr. Smith. I can feel colleagues wincing as you're saying that. <laughs> well, I, I know there's, there's probably a few other people that you know, yeah do things as well. Right? Quite a lot of people. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I used your service. So I had to renew a child's passport. So I just Googled that, got to gov.uk. And I thought, right, I sat down with Hetty and said, Hetty's wife, and sat down and said, right, let's just get this done. Children were asleep. And then we had the photo of Archie. And I realized I hadn't taken the correct, there's a bit of hair in the way. So I had to wait the next day. We sat down again. Uh, but we, so we walked through the system very, very smooth, really effective, really efficient, filled out all the names, details, and everything. And I tell you what, I'm very impressed by the, the lack of faffing. Because normally when you're renewing a passport, and especially a child's passport, you've got to get someone to verify the photo. Yeah. And it's got to be someone serious and real, you know, like a proper person. So not Rafe Blanford. An airline pilot. Not Rafe Blanford. No, no, no. Proper and serious. Chief product officer wasn't on that list. You may want to suggest that to your colleagues, though. I'll mention it, yeah. Right, because Blanford is a quality individual, apart from the microphone. You know? I know they're keen to take feedback from people like me. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Went through all the different bits and then it said, look, you need to verify the photo. And at that point, my heart was thinking, oh, do you have, what lawyer do we know? How, you know, here in Oman. And then uh, it simply said, no, just, just um, you know, find someone from this list that you know, email them, uh, or we'll email them for you. And that's great. So I chose a colleague who was a VAT registered director. That was just one of the easiest one on the list. Yeah. And um, I said, look, would you mind verifying Archie? Because you know, he's Archie's is one of his, uh, the godparents. And he got an email, I think, uh, almost immediately. He verified, job done, excellent, fantastic. So the only issue was sending the passport. Why, why, why have you got to send the passport? That was the annoying bit. It's important. Everything else was fantastic. Really, really efficient. Yep. Great SMS updates, great email updates. The best of the internet connected, your best in class, I felt. The whole experience. So nicely done. Your check is very much in the post. Thank you. Now, I can't claim credit for very much of that because a lot of people have been working on it since I stopped back end of well, middle of last year but mm. yeah still still really proud of that and uh, I have to say it always surprises me when I watch the people who know what they're doing build these services and I know like when we worked together and we watched the mobile banking piece as well mm. that how much work goes into making it look simple yes like the simpler it feels yes I really appreciated that yeah the simpler it feels the harder it is it was so easy but that must have been so hard and I, I was thinking of all the painstaking hours and sweat, you know, that's gone into all these meetings debating X, Y, Z, because I, it was super smooth for me, super smooth. And there were lots of different failure points that I could see were removed. You know, it was just X, 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 done. Really, really effective. So thank you for that. Thanks a lot, everyone. Well, I, I, like I say, I, I can take no credit because I'm, I'm not working on it anymore, but it's something I'm proud of. So I'm glad it's proving useful. Good work, British government. I'm just, I'm really pleased. So. Well. Yeah. yeah, it's actually a place where I think some of the best digital work in the world takes place now. And I would say yeah. that because that's where I'm at at the moment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it wrong. Uh, Rafe Blanford, tell me something exciting that's happened to you whilst we've been away. Can't hear, Rafe. Exciting while I've been away in lockdown. Mm. Um, say something about ducks. Well, I can see something exciting over your right shoulder, even as we're talking. So, what? well, last season we were talking to you about your growing uh, plant collection oh, behind you, yes. which slowly is creeping yes. across the kitchen. And I can see that you've had a tidy up slash killed a few, depending on how honest you want to be in, in the next here, session. Rafe? What happened? But what's the bonsai that I can see behind you? Well, there's um, 
Ben referred to earlier, I did spend some time in Sussex and when I came back, not all the plants were in full health. It's true. So there has been a selective readjustment of the display of some of the plants. And yes, there is a bonsai tree behind me, but I'm going to have a great difficulty in killing this one because it's made of Lego. Um, You've got the best toys. Yeah. And it's part of their plant collection. Oh. And actually, some parts of it are made of vegetable matter. And I haven't actually looked into which ones. And I'm feeling very zen now because the bonsai tree is mm. in the background and it's making me feel calm and collected, which is obviously important right now because there's still a lot of other things going on. But I think the other exciting thing that's been going on is oh wait no there isn't really very much <laughs> what? i think ben and i are moving closer <laughs> what closer to the monitor what what was this what's that okay but look dear listener don't worry yes rafe has killed multiple plants because he went away to the manor but but he is holding up the fern I thought we should just spread a little bit of joy. So I sent him with uh, bloomandwild.com. I sent him one of those ferns through the post. It's a very lovely fern. And uh, just to bring a little smile and some oxygen for you there, Rafe. And the nice thing about this is it arrives in Bloom and Wild's flat pack box. So it can just go through the letterbox. And so the plant is sort of compressed and then you have to kind of roll it out, pop out the pot. It all works really well. And it's one of those... Mm. <coughs> Plague. <laughs> Rafe, put your mask on, for goodness sake. I've just got fern pollen up my nose. <laughs> Stop. Um, I know you oxygen, you'd have to sniff it. <laughs> it's high on oxygen. It's a very lovely fern, but I'm also continue to be impressed with Bloom and Wild because I've been using that during lockdown to send various family members and friends flowers. And actually through the winter months where things were a little bit miserable, if I'm honest, those kind of nice, easy to do was, was absolutely great. And the other thing is like plenty of time for reading and other lockdown activities, which we'll probably come back to through the course of the season, talk about some of the things that we've all been up to. Yes. So you haven't asked, but I'm going to tell you about mine. So no, well, obviously that was the next thing. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. you say you haven't asked, you're controlling the thing. One day I live in hope that someone will go, what about you, Ben? What about you? I no, wait, well, hold yeah. on a minute. Hold on a minute. I specifically said, how are you doing? Just five minutes ago. Isn't that right, Ray? So I'm, I'm trying to think. We've got a long list, and it's not it's not exciting, but I think two things stand out. I mean, a big long list. The Robo Rock, so mm. one of my favourite robot vacuum cleaner manufacturers, and I know this sounds incredibly nerdy, but they've released the new Robo Rock S Seven, which is getting rave reviews. It's a combination vacuum and, and mop unit, and this time it has a vibrating mop. So the previous mm. mops that they produced just sort of dragged a wet pad around, and it. It sounds a bit kind of basic, but actually it worked very well. But um, this one actually does sort of active cleaning. So I've been reading the reviews for that and uh, I can't get my hands on one in the UK just yet. Thank you, Brexit, because uh, shipping from all the places where they are is a bit slow. But I think Mm. we will be getting one of those. I have to say, being at home a lot, you know, the whole family being at home a lot, we've worn our house quite hard. I I think it's fair to say, you know, Mm. it's noticeably... uh, and it needs more maintenance and cleaning because with the three of us at home all the time. So we've been really appreciating our robot vacuum cleaner, which just it's one less job, you know, one less job to do, obviously. Um, What's the policy though, right? Because I've got two of these, right? And we use them daily. Yes. What's the policy? You know, do you just decommission the old one and then buy new ones? Because I like the idea of upgrading. It looks really cool. Well, I'm on one at the moment. So we bought the S5 Max a while back, which I think we've covered on previous episodes. Hmm. And certainly... I think that's a model that I would recommend as a sort of a good one for most people. 
So I bought the S5 Max and we've been really enjoying it, but I've been using it upstairs and downstairs by having it store two maps and then carry it upstairs and then say, you're upstairs now, and then it, it works, and then bring it downstairs and reselect the map. Oh no, you can't be doing that. Yeah. And I think you need a new one. It's fine, but it's not as convenient. So mm. we'll buy a second one and have one on each floor like you, which is, you know, is, is a treat, definitely a treat, but it just makes such a big difference. And I tell you what, there was one weekend where I set the robot vacuum cleaner off in the house and then I went outside and did some of my best garden mowing. And I was thinking of you with your robots mower. I was thinking yes. if I had the right robots, I could have stripes on every floor I have to walk on, you know, stripy grass and stripy carpet. It would be brilliant. Oh, I loved watching the lawnmower one that worked. Yeah, I, I've still not managed to find a, a, a lawnmower that I think will work in our setting, but I am I am looking. So I'm mm. excited for the Roborock S7, and I think maybe away from toys, I'm also excited that some of the Xiaomi brands, some of the Chinese brands that I think we've been a little dismissive of in the past, particularly with some of their mobile devices, like these are not just cheap now, they are cheap and best in class oftentimes, yes. and these are well-manufactured, well-designed products, and that's different. Like That's a real headspace change there. And then uh, something else just in terms of toys, just managed to order some, and uh, it's taken a while because they've been out of stock. Hue have finally started to address the problem of switches. So if you're a smart home enthusiast, you'll know that having a smart bulb is fantastic because you can use your voice assistant or you can use your app to change colours and turn the thing on and off. But then somebody in your family flips the wall switch and turns the power off to that bulb and it's not smart anymore and that's incredibly frustrating yes that's annoying and less so in the us because there's a different ecosystem there but there's been a real shortage of good switches that you could perhaps replace on the wall or Mm. devices that you could use in lieu of switches for times when you just want to press a button and turn the lights on and off which sounds mundane and hue have now released a device you take your existing switch off the wall you rewire it and wire in this little gizmo uh, which is a battery-powered gizmo, so it's, a, mm. it's safer and it's a lot easier to do. You can do a DIY. It doesn't need an electrician to do this, and it means that your existing normal boring wall switch can now control your hue lights. And I finally managed to track down some of those and order them, and they're in the post now, and I'm looking forward to getting those deployed because we have lots and lots of hue bulbs in our kitchen where I really love the fact that in the morning it's bright light and in the evening it's warm lights. That's a nice big room okay. where we have, you know, we really appreciate the different colours those bulbs can be, but controlling them is a bit of a pain because not everybody knows how to or wants to you know, use a voice assistant or an app. Right. So I bought those. Got some other cool stuff as well. We've got that new Twisty Turny Echo show that looks at you when you talk to it, but we'll cover that yes. in a later episode. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yep. I've been messing about with my stream deck, not for game streaming, but for business use, and I'm, I'm really falling in love with that. So we'll talk about that later in the season as well. Apple have launched their Find My Platform. So if you've ever had one of those Bluetooth tile thingies where you can find devices, the Find My Phone is getting integrated with that. Slim pickings at the moment, but really excited about that. Again, we'll talk about that. And I want to talk later in the season, we won't do it now, but later in the season, I want to talk about some productivity tips as well, because I've been trying out some different apps and I've been really enjoying Coda, which for those that know Notion, which is a very popular kind of productivity personal wiki app, I'm actually preferring Coda to Notion. It does many of the similar things, but I prefer the way it does them. So uh, again, we'll talk about that later in the season. So if you're interested, hang around for recommendations in that space. There you go. And that is that. And a big long list of other things that we're going to talk about in the season as well. But today, first proper topic of the season, 
we're going to talk about the social medias and Rafe Blanford for the uninitiated. We've decided to talk about social media and particularly voice social media because of Clubhouse. And it's big enough now that it's making mainstream news. But if people aren't users of it, can you just give us a quick download on what is Clubhouse and how is it different from what people might have experienced in Facebook or Twitter before? So Clubhouse is what I would describe as a voice chat app. And it crosses over between something like Twitter and sort of podcasts in that it provides kind of ephemeral rooms that you can enter into the so-called clubhouses and there's various different levels of moderations and speakers but essentially they are on demand but ephemeral chat rooms that you can join but they're audio only Mm. so you have speakers and then you can listen in and clubhouse has the usual kind of viral mechanics attached to some of the social media things it's iphone only at the moment that's caused a certain amount of commentary but it's one of these things that kind of has captured the imagination and built up to a lot of users pretty quickly. There's funding discussions and is Twitter going to buy them? Is someone else going to buy them? And funding rounds originally having been about a billion dollars in January, it's now being talked about as $4 billion. And so you would have probably seen a lot of attention around it if you're mm. following those tech news. And influencers have been all over it and particularly kind of growth hackers and business news and people kind of building up. It's that bandwagon effect that typically happens. But it's probably worth saying that it's not necessarily a new idea, but it was very focused and probably interestingly for being the audio first social network and sort of probably coming off the back of the idea of podcasts where people would listen to a number of speakers in a room. And there is this sense of speakers and audiences in clubhouses. Mm. But as a result of that, as often happens, there's kind of copycats and other things going on. But I think it's worth saying that for me, this comes off the back of a more general trend around audio and that kind of on-demand instant audio. I think one of the big plus points is it's just really easy to use. We spend a lot of time worrying about audio quality and microphones and recording and all that setup. On Clubhouse, it's kind of one click and, and go. Well, two of us do. Well, yeah, thank you. I'm not sure who you're directing that at. And me and Mark. There we go. Yes. Yes, that's, that's absolutely true. But it's just that barrier to entry is so low that anyone can set up a clubhouse room and then invite people in to listen to it. And then there's obviously the discovery mechanics and things like that as well. And Rafe, you, myself, you and and a few others did a trial clubhouse to try it out a month or so back now. And Mm. it was fun. But you and I, if I'm going to be uncharitable, because I think Rafe's given us the kind of the industry version, if I wanted to give it the layperson's version, it felt like a conference call. Exactly the same. I mean, all right, it was a conference call with an app, yeah. but it's a conference call everyone could join. Uh, look, I like the, oh, yeah, as, as Riff says, the open nature and so on. I didn't have an issue with it. I quite like the fact you could open, you know, anyone could pop in and that's cool and that's nice. And I, th- I can see the benefit from a social connected standpoint. You know, you announce, hey, I'm chatting, come and join me. That's cool and very effective. And I think the audio is a lot better, I feel, than just video, you know, because you don't have to worry what you're wearing or looking like or, or so on. And you can be doing other things when you're, uh, when you're listening along. But it's not for me at the minute. You know, good luck to them. And I, I see lots of people having great fun, and that's great. And I, I, I'm delighted to see an innovation like this, yeah, really effective. It's, it's very efficient, the app. I don't think you can disagree that it's really quick to get you in, very smart. They've done lots of thinking. Good quality. Good audio quality. 
quality was oh, but then then zoom yeah you know i don't you know look i would have been would have been surprised if the engineering team had brought out something that was substandard i thought it was very effective it's just and i wish them good luck and i can see lots of people having great fun cool all right but the challenge i've got is maybe it's the life stage i'm at or maybe the the situation maybe i'm in the wrong time zone as well for a lot of this now and again, I was getting these pop-ups until I disabled them saying, oh, look, so-and-so, so-and-so is doing a chat in, you know, two hours. Yeah, no, 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 I'm in bed, you know. Or someone's available now. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't want to do that now. But I would listen. But that isn't the deal, right, with Clubhouse. And I understand what they're doing there. And I, I, I wish them success. I think it's, it's great to see that innovation happening. I'm a fan of, of that type of um, energy and excitement that they've brought to market. I just want to go back to something that Ben said. It is basically a conference call that's public and really easy to set up. Now, there is a certain amount of merit to that. And when you use it the first couple of times, oh, this is really exciting. But it's also surprisingly close. And that's not just a sort of dig against them not having the Android version. Like There isn't this sense that you can go back and listen to the catalogue. It is that Snapchat-like kind of ephemeral thing. It disappears mm. very quickly. And so there's an encouragement to kind of get you to invite people in and grow and that's been part of the growth mechanic but actually the sustainability of that long term is a bit frustrating because it doesn't offer you that curation listen again thing later of podcasts or you know something like youtube or even you know tiktok and other things mm. but the audio first nature of them building around that very easy to use the irony is actually signing up is not as easy as it should be quite a few hoops you have to jump through but once you get it kind of up and running, I think that ability to host audio conferences ever so easily and it not be a Teams or a Zoom thing yeah. is interesting. Effortless. Yeah. So I would say it's mobile app first conferences that are for the public, but that also has an enormous number of downsides as well, because audio is not a form of content that scales very well. Yeah, two things struck me when we did ours. One was the point you made, Ewan, about time, which was I was completely shocked afterwards to discover that there wasn't a recording that we could point people to because it seemed to me impossible to build a social network that was global and you know intended to be global and yet for it all to be real time mm. because I had the same experience as you with pop-ups alerting to people I'm quite interested in journalists or people mm. I respect or would be interested to hear from scheduling streams and they're, they're booked like appointments so you then get a pop-up that says it's coming in an hour or whatever but you know it's tea time it's time to put child to bed i've got a meeting yeah. or you know it's in the middle of the working day mm. and so i've taken for granted the time shifting element of most of the social media and although yes. a few years ago lots of people were quite unhappy and angry about the Twitter and the Facebook algorithm, which presented what they thought you should see rather than just a sort of a continuous stream in chronological order. Mm. The value behind that is that after a while, they do get reasonably good at showing you things you're interested in. And so it doesn't matter if somebody posts a nice picture or a funny yes. joke or an interesting story at lunchtime when I'm busy and I look in the evening because it will resurface in time and I, I might miss it, but I stand a better yes. chance and I can consume it when I'm ready. But this was all 100% real time. And there were a few times where I sort of turned it on and just browsed around. Mm. And because the audience was so predominantly American, in the evening, I was getting West Coast US breakfast chat, <laughs> you know, which was weird. Yeah. And then the second thing, and I realize this is very rich coming from us, was the lack of sort of curation and structure. Because 
would you believe it, even here, we've kind of picked a discussion point, have some roles in our team in terms of broadly who's responsible for what Mm. and the conversation. We've got a clock running and we've got some points we want to hit. And, you know, it's a fairly free-flowing conversation, but it means that you know when you're done and you can tune in, you know how long it's going to last, you can listen and then it's done. Yes. And when we were doing the clubhouse, I didn't know how to finish it. You know, I didn't know how for us to say, we're done here. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I sort of inadvertently fell into the role of like a, a host trying to sort of direct the conversation. Yeah. But I kind of worried that actually, whilst you two would welcome that because that's how we are when we record a podcast and it's natural for us, we were lucky to have people who were audience members joining the conversation and they mm. knew a lot about what we were talking about and they're contribution was fascinating and and I really valued it. But those people don't know us. They didn't sign up to be told, you know, you say your bit now and then stop. Yes. You know, and it could just make it very loose and unstructured. And, you know, I say conference call, but it's a conference call without an agenda. And, you know, I mean, that sounds very boring, but it was difficult to say, you know, listen in for this value. And all the ones I've enjoyed separately have really been actually, frankly, things that could have been podcasts but weren't because the only reason the interesting person was there because of the novelty of Clubhouse. Right. So Elon Musk rocks up to talk and, or he might say something interesting because he, you know, he sometimes does and uh, a bit unscripted and he's on Clubhouse because it's a bit novel. Yeah. Is he still on Clubhouse? I don't know, but I like the low barrier to entry mm. so that people could make their podcast. But I kind of yes. felt like if it was an easy podcast making app, it would have some structure and have the ability to do playback. Perhaps those things are coming later down the line. Rafe, how can it be worth a billion or four billion dollars if there's no fee for using it, there's no advertising in it at the moment, and there's no playback? I mean, YouTube gets a huge amount of advertising revenue from people going back to videos months and years after they're originally published because they have longevity, but there's no longevity about Clubhouse streams. So how can this be a valuable thing? I mean, it's a great question. I struggle when I see a valuation like that, but it's all about potential and attention data. Yeah. And so, yes, they would obviously have to tweak it. And yes. presumably some of the investors know something that we don't about revenue plans and generation. But I think the way I talk about it, not having knowledge of it, is go, the average dwell time in that app is very significant indeed for people who get into it and start using it and we are talking about hours in some cases can i be pedantic though in as much as from my own limited experience my dwell time was nearly an hour and a half that's a lot the day that we did that recording for about an hour and 10 minutes we were chatting and i listened to some stuff before and listened to some stuff after but i wasn't actually in the app you know my phone had relocked its screen i put my phone back in my pocket because i wasn't engaging with the app I was listening to the audio stream and some, for some of it I was talking, but I wasn't engaged with the app like if I'd been scrolling through Instagram where high value you know, advertising opportunities were being you know, scrolled past every minute of every second. Yeah. Does it count? Well, that's a good question because you can ask, does radio advertising count? Does it count on podcasts? And you know, in the podcast world, we've had some experience of looking at that and it's been very hard to do. So all I can say is like, the potential is there from an attention point of view. And then you start talking about social graph, what's the average revenue per user? And I'm sure they are doing something saying, we've got this kind of growth curve. This is what Facebook or whoever generate off their users. 
that's how those valuations get arrived at. I struggle to see it personally, both from a product point of view and then from a business point of view. But the other thing is you can't really value easily the thing around the zeitgeist because you think about apps like Instagram or Snapchat. And sometimes when you describe them early on, it's sort of going, is that really going to do something? Because, you know, isn't Instagram just a like slightly nicer flicker? <laughs> just pictures. Or, you know, Snapchat, well, there's already these messaging apps out there. Why do they work? As I say, I struggle more with something like Clubhouse because I think there are some fundamental limitations around audio. But having said that, there is also pivot. What do you add to that? You know, if that's the, if you call it the minimal desirable product, what would Clubhouse look like in a year's time? Could it add recording of sessions? Could it become like an easy entry into podcasts? And mm. at that point, with a significant audience behind it and having captured the imagination, yeah, that springboards in a way that if you described a startup that was just collecting podcasts, probably wouldn't. And so I think that's where those kind of valuations come from. And, you know, with, with any of these startups, it's one in 10 don't make it. This one's particularly big. I think it's set up to capture the imagination of VCs and the Silicon Valley elite because it kind of appeals to people who have their egos stroked and who want to have a personal brand and all those kind of things. And audio, clever during lockdown, lots of time available. I mean, if I had to judge it, I'd be, mm, I'm not sure. But, you know, <laughs> history proves us wrong on those sorts of things. Often the things you think are going to do really well don't. And the people behind it also have an interesting track record. And I think, you know, if you talk to any VC, they say they look at the business idea, but they also look at the people. And I think, you know, Clubhouse was kind of that magic thing that caught lockdown, it caught audio, it caught the side bump from podcasts and all of those kind of things, plus had an interesting team behind it. And to be fair to them, they were able to scale things quite quickly. The performance seemed to remain pretty stable and it got usage you cannot deny that there were a lot of people using it. It would be fascinating to see what that looks like, what the um, you know, retention curves and those kind of things. So I imagine there's a team there who's moving very fast to kind of generate some value and get things into that valuation. Ultimately, I wouldn't be at all surprised. You know, there's been headlines, Twitter's looked at buying it and others do their due diligence and go, hmm, we can copycat that. Well, actually, that's good lead into the next section because... I wanted just to acknowledge that sort of Clubhouse has been a big thing and it's generated a lot of excitement. And actually, I'm curious in, as to what you were saying there about the ease of content production, because during lockdown, I've watched a bit more YouTube video than I would have done previously. And I've been enjoying loads of sort of educational and, and sort of recreational YouTubers making content on all the things I'm interested in. But I've been amazed by the quality of what they produce and the skills and the expense that they go to. Mm. And, um, it struck me how sharing written content has become so relatively easier with content management platforms and people mm. tweeting and things like that. But actually, video is still incredibly hard to do with a quality. And I wonder where audio sits in that spectrum. But um, Clubhouse is one of many now. So uh, we had a quick brainstorm. Stereo is the app that I see advertised a lot, although stylistically it's very different. And it's also cross-platform, isn't it? Because it does Android it has a, a nicer ability to embed audio streams and to share them afterwards, I think. But fundamentally, it is Clubhouse with a slightly different product direction and a slightly different focus. But Rafe, perhaps more importantly, the debate now rages, is this a social network or is this a feature? Because both 
Twitter and Facebook have got their own versions of this already. <laughs> and I have to confess, I've not used either. Have you? I've used Twitter Spaces certainly as kind of um, listening in. I haven't set up one and hosted it myself. It does feel a lot like a feature. I mean, there's this thing, is it the next version of stories, which kind of mm. Instagram and Snapchat started with and now has gone everywhere. Even LinkedIn has stories now, which probably just adds one more reason for Ben not to visit LinkedIn. Mm. I cannot tell you how much I dislike LinkedIn. I really, it's the worst product. Okay, there we go. I knew that was coming. And then for balance, I'm a massive fan of LinkedIn. Okay, we're all about balance. Then uh, Facebook, as we're recording this this week, its internal R&D NPE team launched Hotline. I think it's Hotline, mm. uh, which is a web-based version, really, of Clubhouse. But interestingly, while they're going audio first, they're also giving you the ability to turn on video as well. It's always this kind of tension between the simplicity of an execution and then if people add something to it, does that give it an you know, accelerant or an additive effect? But it does have the same kind of reactions and emoji. So you can see all the constituent parts are the same. They're just put together slightly differently. And then, you know, you've got a couple of um, other apps in this space, Stereo and Jam. I think Jam is the kind of open source equivalent. So I have to admit, I think it's more of a feature because the enormous social graphs that really exist, why would you not do it off the back of that? I think Jam proves that because Jam is an open source platform where you can set up Clubhouse-like rooms and you can have all the audio and live feedback and people can do thumbs up and thumbs down and all of the kind of the features that uh, Clubhouse does. And then you take a little snippet of code and you drop it into your blog or your website. And like you said, Rafe, it puts a Clubhouse room in in the same way as you can drop in stories in most cases now. And um, in some respects, actually, I'm more interested in that because it's cross-platform and it would allow people to put Clubhouse rooms in places where they might be needed. Mm. So, for example, we probably wouldn't host a Clubhouse for our listeners because we'd exclude everyone on Android. Right. And we might not uh, host it on Twitter because it would exclude people who don't use that social network. But anybody who's addressing a sort of a community with a variety of views you know, about whether they want to use those platforms or about which platforms they prefer to use, need something that's pretty diverse. Ewan, hmm. noting what you said earlier about, you know, the challenges and why Clubhouse wasn't for you, what would get you into more broadly audio social networking? I think there was certainly lots of interesting conversations that appear to have been happening, uh, especially with the Valley Elite. You know, that, that's what caught my attention. I was, would have been interested to hear what were they saying? I would have liked to have listened along, but you know, I was asleep. So I think I would like to participate in some of this, whether it's active real-time listening, that's one aspect then. But I, I think, as you said, for time, I am so attuned to time shifting everything else. I'll choose when I want to consume everything else. I think that's the, it's, it's I, I know it's the reason, the cool thing about Clubhouse, but for that type of capability to get my attention, I'm not going to make an appointment yet. And I don't, it needs to be really, really, really impressive before I can sit and say, right, okay, I will make an appointment to listen to this. Yeah. And also you do need those individuals creating that content to have some care about the time that they actively go and record. Because it looked like a lot of people were just turning up and say, hey, I've got, I've got 20 minutes, let's go. Uh, and of course, they're able to use the Twitter capabilities to say, hey, yeah, I'm recording now. You know, and they can use their existing social graph. I'm sorry to be boring, but I think I, I need the ability to listen along later on. Yeah, in, in our house, we can't even appointment to view major sporting events. Yeah. You know, like 
we're rugby fans in this house and we watched the Six Nations competition recently. And even there, just getting everybody washed and dressed and had their breakfast and, you know, <laughs> done all their chores and then watching the television. There was frequently, even for something that we really wanted to watch live, mattered to us that we watched live, we would be time shifting by 10 or 15 minutes. Yes. You know, just so to allow us to, you know, pause it and, and do whatever. And okay, you know, parents are probably one of the sort of stressful cases here because right. they have lots of external reasons to be interrupted or be, to be distracted. But, you know, it's, it's like most services, you have to design for kind of the most extreme case to make it comfortable for everyone. And mm. your ability to focus and your ability to give it that priority will fluctuate, but it will never be absolute. You'll never be able to drop everything every occasion. There must be a document written by some MBA, you know, working for Clubhouse somewhere that says, you know, the potential here, you know, if we did allow time shifting, if we did allow people to pop in and listen, and I think I would be attracted to the content potentially, I think it would replace or add to my podcast, my commute, my uh, five minutes doing this, 10 minutes doing that, you know, I would use it, but the real time aspect just doesn't work for me yet. I love audio content. I mean, mm. we're literally sat here making some now. So it's awesome. We make it because it suits our abilities. You know, we couldn't make video and we, it would be very hard for us to collaborate on written stuff. That's too much. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a media that we can make together in a way that suits us. But actually, you know, we've been doing it for 10 years and there are people that listen. And more importantly, there are lots of podcast networks out there publishing podcasts that have huge listenerships and lots of media organizations have taken their radio content and published it in that way as well. Mm. So we know there's a demand there, but is there the demand for only the convenient bits? Because when we show up, the talking bit, this bit, this is the fun, but actually prepping some topics, choosing what to talk about, yes. thinking about the key points, yes. recording it, cleaning up the recording so that it is listenable. Yeah, like Rafe's audio. Well, I mean, there comes a point where it's physically uncomfortable to listen to audio after about 20 or 30 minutes, to my mind, where the audio quality is poor or glitchy or with background noise. Yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then show notes and publishing and summaries and those sorts of things. And, you know, different people take them to different extents, but... There's an overhead. The trouble with audio is that there is quite an overhead in order to help people understand what's inside of it and should I commit the time to consume it. And particularly, we're not yet very good about navigating around inside the audio to only listen to clips because the business of making a clip of a piece of audio is very hard work as well because people don't speak in nice sentences that can be clipped out yes. like that. You yes. want a paragraph yes. or you want five minutes. So I'm curious as to where this goes or whether it becomes just very short form. Okay, well, on that pessimistic Oh, note, have a play with it. Get an invite and have a play, and I'm sure they'll stop the invite soon. You know, I think it's worth having a look at it. Definitely. I think if you enjoy podcasts, have a play. Certainly, it was time well spent in terms of enjoyment and understanding what's happening in media. Yeah. But as ever, welcome your feedback at 361podcast on Twitter, 361podcast.com, where you can leave a comment underneath the episode, or if you'd like to, you can email us through the contact form. And uh, quite a lot of people chose to do that last season as their preferred way to sort of give private feedback, and that way we can read and respond to it, but uh, you don't have to um, stick your name out online if you don't want to. So as ever, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's nice mm -hmm. to be back. It is. Lots of love. Yep. Oh, I feel rusty. I do feel rusty. Can I just say, what about postcards? We didn't cover postcards. Of course. Good reminder. Thank you.
So over the Christmas period and into the new year, we concluded the Rafe Send Your Postcard. If you do a review, we got some cracking reviews. Thank you to everyone who wrote them. And thank you especially to everyone who wrote funny ones. Really appreciated those. Mm. We also did our lucky dip and I sent out notepads and cards and tea towels and even the 361 new old stock mug went off to South Africa to a listener there. That's cool. So thank you to everyone who participated. I hope all your gifts arrived. If you got something through the post and you haven't already, please post us a picture on social media. We'd love to see it. Just tag at 361podcast and we'll see it. Hmm. Rafe Blanford, you still have a very small number of postcards left in your postcard box. I do. It's not many people I can say postcard box to with a straight face, but <laughs> you are a man with a postcard box. Well, doesn't everyone have multiple postcard boxes? Mm. I'm going to say no. Anyway, go on. Yes, I do have some postcards left and I have some stamps left and my pen is still poised. So if anyone can write us a review, you will continue to get a uh, postcard while supplies are maintained. Even better, if it's a funny review, we promise to read it out on the podcast or we'll get Ewan to do it because he doesn't feel like he's contributed to this effort of getting reviews yet. So I know he's keen to be involved. Well nominated, Ewan. Wait, no, wait, can I just say to motorsports fan? Right, that's the latest review. It says they sometimes talk about mobile tech, but always informative, entertaining. Kind of you, thank you, motorsports fan. Checks in the post. Yeah, this is a two blocks talking podcast with fifty percent extra. <laughs> now, I just want to be clear here: who is the fifty percent extra motorsports fan? I think if we're going to have another ten years, we should not answer that question. <laughs> He then says, I followed the three hosts individually for years before they started this podcast, so it's like having old friends popping around whenever they release an episode. All right, okay. Keep up the good guys. Good work, guys. The PSEI trust from the sun guy are a delight. Yes, this yep. is true. So, yes, more than more. Who's the 50%? And let's not answer that. Feel free to speculate on that in your own reviews. So, while stocks last, and stocks are very limited, Rafe Blanford, aren't they? They are, yes. Yeah. But I'm sure if it's a particularly great review, I will find a way to hunt down more postcards. While stocks last, if you write a review and then ping us a message on Twitter or through the website at 361podcast on Twitter, 361podcast.com, yeah. Rafe will send you a thank you postcard and uh, we'll read them out on air. Yeah. And so we'll keep that going on until the stock of postcards have run out. Because you have to ping us though, right? you have to tell us. And the reason we're asking it is so we can send you the postcard, right? That's right. So yeah. we'll see your review because we always do. But if um, we need to know it's you, we need to know it's you. So uh, ping us and we can then put a name to a review and uh, send you a thank you in the form of a postcard. So have you sent Motorsport fan his postcard? So I think if I remember right, that review came in after we finished doing the cards at Christmas. Exactly. So it's 22nd of January, it says here. So if you sent a review in and you didn't get a postcard, give us a shout. We'll catch up the postcards for anyone who's been missed. Some of my favourite reviews are the funny ones. Mm. So uh, please do uh, endeavour. And, There's and one that mentions Rob Rafe. Did you see the one that mentions Rob Rafe? Well, I think there are probably some listeners Not funny. Some listeners who won't remember the Rub Rafe episode, so we'll, Good. we'll leave that hanging unexplained and we'll pick that up next episode okay. to uh, recap what was Rub Rafe and uh, will it ever be repeated? And yes. I think I know, the, based on Rafe's face, I, will, uh, I think I can already judge the answer. I think we should. Well, as ever, thank you very much for listening, gents. It's been a pleasure. We want to say thank you very much as well to Mark, who always makes these podcasts sound buttery smooth down in his podcast factory. Thank you very much for all your time and effort. Mm. And we will be back in two weeks, hopefully, with another episode. But as ever, plague, acts of God, and pandemics allowing. So don't hold me to that. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
friend of mine said to me the other day, uh, could you swim faster than a shark? I said, no, of course I couldn't swim faster than a shark. And I said, but, um, but I could run faster than a shark. And in that case, in a triathlon, it's all down to the cycling. <laughs> Ah, it's one of these pointless, pointless ones. Okay, look, yeah, so that doesn't tickle me. That doesn't. Oh, fair enough. Well, yeah. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> <laughs> I um, accidentally rubbed ketchup in my eyes the other day. Okay, must have been painful. Mm-hmm. With hindsight, that was a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> that's not so bad. Okay, I'm happy with that. Okay, okay. hindsight. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah, happy with that. I feel like I'm shouting into the void here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, come on. I don't like these pauses. These pauses are when you're busy reading some rubbish joke and getting ready to say it. No, well, I was just looking at... Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. This one that yeah. my brother sent me. He said, I just had a police officer at the front door saying he was looking for a man with one eye. I told him if he used both, he'd find him more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're all still in quarantine, I guess we'll only be making inside jokes for the time being. <laughs> these are okay. The first, the triathlon one, nah. Quarantine has really put a damper on comedy and jokes. Has really. Hasn't been much to laugh about recently. For months, nobody has walked into a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He thought you were... Yeah, yeah. You need to signpost those better. Yeah. You've got to leave a pregnant pause. Okay, right. Are we going to begin this then? I got a great message from a friend here, which I think is stolen from elsewhere, but it's a TV news report and the headline is, Police in Greater Manchester attended almost 500 house parties last weekend. (laughs) The comment below is the guy just saying, that's irresponsible. If anything, they should be breaking them up. (laughs) (laughs) Bear walks into a bar and says, hello, I'd like a beer. Barman says, why the big pause? Uh, (laughs) Excellent. Mark, if you could put a bigger pause in, that would be great. Mm. (laughs) Make, make, make the joke funny in, in the end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you just fix this joke. <laughs> Apparently, uh, CEO of IKEA has just been elected as president in Sweden. Yep. He's going to assemble his cabinet next week. Ah, uh, there we go. Boom. There we go. That's yeah. a good one. Okay. Let's do an intro, then, shall we? Diddly, Who turns it to the intro? It's Ben's turn. So it's, it's the start of the episode. You got, yeah, start of the series. Or it's Ewan's turn. Yeah, I can do it in zero takes, man. <sighs> Back to that. Zero takes. Big, big claim. That's not the thing I've missed. Hello and welcome to 361, uh, a mobile podcast nope. about... No, take one. Mm. Doesn't inspire confidence. It'll still be zero takes though, Ben. Exactly. You have to appreciate that however many takes it takes, Ewan is still doing it in zero takes. <laughs> Perception is important. Perception is reality. Yes. Total utter lies. No, I'm anchoring you. Yeah, it's a sales technique. I'm anchoring you to zero, right? So whatever you think you and you think zero takes. No, whenever I think you and I think weather forecasts, because I get anchored by the first thing you say. Angered or anchored? (laughs) Wait, look, I need to put the aircon on and I got to put the the fridge back on. Can we record the intro first? Oh, yeah, okay. Without yeah. the aircon. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair point, fair point, fair point. Because this is actually important audio. Mm. Mm. I know we've only been doing it for 10 years, <laughs> but I've always felt that the introduction added something to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Quite attached to it. Got it. I can't promise you zero takes, but let's give it a go. Um, no, that's, that's okay. Let's try one or two. I won't make any faces. Uh, Ewan, do you want to go first in our Hello Imes? Yes, thank you. Okay. Finally. At last. Why? It's always little... Prince Blanford that goes first. Right then. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile technology in the world around. The audio networks.
How do we do our social media and what does this mean for the future? No, I don't mean to be... No, that's fine. I'm taking notes. I think you could have... No, it's perfectly fine. I thought I was okay. Mm, I didn't like it. You and I didn't think you had enough energy in your what? particular bit of the introduction. What? Okay. I tell you, at least I was speaking into the microphone. Okay, because... And I, Rafe Blanford, is not that... That is not that helpful. <laughs> Just no, saying. No, I'm Rafe Blanford. No, I'm Rafe Blanford. <laughs> I'm Rafe Blanford. And Rafe, you've got to be a bit more final about. And I'm Rafe Blanford. Blanford. Yeah, okay. close it off. Thanks for the coaching, Ewan. Just, just saying. Okay, right, let's try it again then. Hello and welcome to 361, a podcast about mobile technology and the world around us. 10 year anniversary. We're talking about Clubhouse and the rise of audio social networks. Right then, gentlemen, shall we stop recording so that Mark doesn't have to buy a new computer to put all these files on? Yeah. Seems reasonable. You do the countdown. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, stop. (laughs) 